you know, until the day I die, I'm going to live a fit lifestyle. Um, they say never say never, but I'm never looking back because that wasn't me. I let my, myself go down mentally and physically, and through the grace of God, I was able to climb out that cave, and just like the phoenix, I rise again. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. We all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I hope you are doing well right now. Your host, Jason Dennis, here uh, talking all things fitness and faith. We appreciate you joining us for the uh, Run the Raise podcast. We have a, a fabulous guest for you uh, today, uh, Terrence, Coach T. Flow Flowers. Uh, talking about uh, being a personal trainer and opening up a new gym. Um, his uh, his criminal past uh, involved in, in a, an alleged shooting and, and uh, drug dealing and talks about his rehabilitation from that and how fitness and faith really brought him, uh, helped bring him out of that and how he's turned his life around and what it really means to be 4.0 fit. And I'm telling you what, I did a workout with him um, the morning before we recorded our podcast chat, and uh, he talked about it was a kind of a, some of the exercises that he was putting me through were uh, butt kickers, and they certainly were because the next day uh, I definitely uh, feeling it in my glutes. And uh, which is what what I need to do uh, more strength workouts because I do a, a lot of running. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a, a marathon runner and I run about 40 miles a week. So I need to do more strength workouts, more yoga, uh, working on those glutes, the hips, the uh, the abs, all those kind of things. So I got got to work it out. And as you listen to this podcast, uh, we're just a few days out from the big election, and uh, maybe you're listening to this after the election, uh, but uh, hopefully we can all come together as a nation uh, prayerfully, uh, pre- and post-election, and uh, our guest for uh, this week's podcast, uh, he is actually a first-time voter, um, having to overcome being a convicted felon and getting to go and cast his ballot for the very first time. We, we start off in our conversation talking about his weight loss journey because uh, he lost uh, anywhere between 120 to 150 pounds. He was over 300 pounds, and so uh, he has a great story about that. When he was younger, he aspired to be a physical therapist, and uh, he was lived in California for a little bit, uh, but as, uh, grew up in Columbus, Georgia, which is where he lives now. And uh, during that time of uh, you know growing up and wanting to be a PT, uh, back in the 90s, he was involved in what he calls a shooting, and he ended up going to prison. And when he got out, uh, years later, he went back to prison because of drug dealing. So he talks about you know, that journey and um, how he got out of that life and how he's been clean for uh, um, about seven or eight years now. And uh, not only is he a personal trainer, and now has opened up his new gym, 4.0 Fitness, in South Columbus, Georgia, just south of Atlanta. Um, back about five years ago, he released his first documentary as a uh, self-taught videographer. The documentary called The Other Race, which has more than a million and a half views on YouTube. And uh, also, he uh, won some awards for that as well. Uh, he is focused on living a healthy and fit lifestyle and hoping uh, helping others do the same at 4.0 Fitness Center, again, in South Columbus. So here's my conversation with uh, Coach Tiefla. Well, 
I'd like to uh, welcome Terrence Flowers, Coach T. Flo, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks oh. for having me. So, so that is how you start off a lot of your videos and stuff. That, yes. mean, that means you're serious, right? That I means I'm serious. About to go down. We're ready to talk about some, some big subjects. So um, we're going to get to know you a little bit as uh, opening your new uh, gym here in the Columbus, Georgia area. And uh, you know, 4.0 Fit, we're going to talk about what that means, what folks, awesome. can, do, f- folks can do to get fit. Uh, also, uh, you have a, a, a criminal past. We're going to talk about that and how that has now led you to kind of you know, rehabbing and becoming a first-time voter. Got this election coming up in just a few days. And uh, so we're going to talk about all those kind of things. But the first, I wanted to start off with you know, a lot of folks that may be listening and uh, focusing on like weight loss uh, when the holidays coming up, we got Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that kind of stuff, the new year. So uh, tell us about your weight loss journey, because, you know, you didn't look like this maybe years ago. You know, you, you're, you got the biceps going and, and you got the, you know, 15% or, or less body fat or whatever. So uh, tell me about kind of where you started and how far you've come. Okay, well, I think what the best place to start is where the weight gain began. Mm. Um, I got into media, working in a recording studio, so I was doing everything from drops to recording music, just a little bit of everything, and that had a, a, a sedentary lifestyle, sitting in chairs all day, and it didn't help that um, it was a restaurant right next door, within the arm's length, uh, called Songs, and she had these delicious Philly cheesesteaks, and Ooh. she used to give you 10 wings, they usually give you 6, and then just a whole bunch of fries, so... Imagine what several years of eating like this two or three times a day, not no exercise, no fitness regimen, and I just ballooned up. And by 2012, I weighed over 300 pounds. Mm. And that's after being probably like 180, 175 all my life. Wow. And those years, it just it got on me real quick, and, it, and I, I ballooned up. So 2012 is when I started my fitness journey, and I knew something had to change. A friend of mine actually dragged me in the gym. He signed me up. He was like, look, I'm going to sign you up. You got to come. You got to do something, man. You're getting too fat. And that's what started it all. So how much weight uh, did you lose, and, and how did you do it? Okay, so upon my weight loss transformation, I weighed over 300 pounds, right at 325. And I tell people that's when I stopped weighing myself. So. I know it was several more months of eating and bad habits after that 325, but you know, just for, for the records, I'll say 325. But like I said, my, my friend David, he got me, um, my friend David got me a gym membership at Max Fitness. It was on the airport thruway then. Mm-hmm. And I half-heartedly went um, <laughs> in the beginning, but mainly uh, for me, it was a consistency because he actually came and picked me up and, and like, let's go. Let's go. So even though I was like, you know, I was going. And that was accountability. And that was a very important part in the beginning because I remember when uh, he's a tax professional. So when tax season came, he had to be at work. So it was on me to go myself. And I, I stopped going to the gym, but I still wanted to work out. So what I did start doing was going to Shirley B. Winston Park and walking. So that time that I, I was going to the gym, I started walking. And um, that was really the catalyst for my weight loss. Um, that was at the end of 2012. And the first year, I lost over 100 pounds. Wow. And I stayed at um, the low 200s for a while because I was feeling myself. I lost 100 pounds. But little did I know that was just the, the first step of my fitness journey. As you get deeper into it, you want more. It's levels. And um, for my 45th birthday, I wanted to be close to my high school weight. 
Mm. And I, I told myself I was going to get within 10 pounds of my high school weight. My high school weight was 168. Yeah, and this is, what, 30 years later? Yes. I'm 45. You're about to turn 45 years old. And um, I weighed in on my birthday, my 45th birthday, at 173 pounds cut to the bone. Nice. Congratulations. So that, so that was a goal I set for myself. And um, I was actually within about seven or eight pounds of my high school weight, but definitely different physique, just muscle cut up at, at, at 45 years old. So that was a real big accomplishment, um, that physical, um, as well as running a half a marathon. Um, it almost killed me, but I did that. So. <laughs> When it comes to pushing myself physically and, and getting older, uh, it's just something that I've embraced. And I've been hiking, biking, and all other kind of sports um, since then. And, and losing, you know, 125 to 150 pounds over the course of, of that uh, time period, what would you say to folks about, you know, um, you know, how they can do the same thing? I mean, was it really difficult? Was it mostly like a change in your diet kind of thing or along with working out? My what what drove me? I was having some personal issues with 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 um with my wife and my family, and I I, I turned to fitness to kind of work things out that way. So my motivation, my hunger was real deep. I I I was in a bad place, but I used I I, I used that bad place to to fuel my uh, weight weight loss transformation, and it was a lot of maybe bitterness and anger. It was kind of like that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna show them, you know. I, I and that might not be the best way to, to to achieve your goal, but that's what I had to work with. So I was able to train, and, and then eventually let go, you know, let go of some of the anger, some of the hurt, some of the pain, and just see things totally different. So I went through a tough journey on my, on my fitness. It wasn't all physical. It was, it was a lot of mental issues too. But when I say I came out of the tunnel, a, a better person all the way around. Physical and mental, I can't stress that. So I would tell anybody, my mom just recently started her fitness journey. It's never too late. I started mine in my um, in my late 30s, and um, I'm in my late 40s now, and I'm still going. And I, like I say, I got other goals. I'm still I'm trying to get, be an elite um, fitness trainer. That's somebody up under 10%. So I want to achieve that before 50 and when I'm 50, I want to run a marathon. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll run together sometime, you know. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of that, you know, uh, uh, you and I this morning, uh, the day we're recording this, I had a chance to come to your new gym, uh, 4.0 Fitness in uh, South Columbus, and you uh, went me, took me through the ringer a little bit. Uh, I think it was, a, it was the 2.0 Fitness. The 2.0 so kind of version. The, 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 the uh, two reps of each exercise instead of four. And so you had me sweating a lot. You had me doing like the, the leg lifts and deadlifts and, and uh, some cardio and, and uh, all kinds of things. So uh, did I do okay? You I, did great. Okay, all right. All yeah. right. <laughs> I'm not used to the, the straight The young workout. people say it's the word they say, no cap. That no means cap. no joking. We're not joking. I'm not joking. No cap. You did great. No cap. Okay. All right. So you did great. I'll say bet. You know. Bet. That's the same <laughs> word. <laughs> same meaning. Well, um, uh, before we get into some of the um, serious stuff about your, you know, your history and kind of how far you've come, and, and more about fitness and faith, um, I wanted to get to know you a little bit. We do a rapid fire questions. We do what's called a fast four. So just kind of a uh, kind of getting to know you a little bit. The first one is, what is your current um, job description at work and also at home? <laughs> okay, at work, um, I, okay, this 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 is why I'm at work. I'm the goat coach T Flow at work. Oh, goat! Yeah, yeah I'm the goat. I call myself the goat. I'll tell you why in a minute. But <laughs> and, and at home, um, I'm Uncle Blue at home. 
Uncle Blue, okay. Yeah, Uncle Blue at home. Okay. What, what's uncle to, you know, to friends or, or you got lots uh, of nieces and nephews? I'm, I'm uncle to everybody. See, okay. see, once you get a certain age, they don't call you Big Brother no more. They call you aunt. Okay. Aunt. And then you, if you're a female, you, you can get past a certain age, they call you auntie. <laughs> Maybe you might be grandpa here. Oh, that's, the, 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 look, as the name changes, your age changes. So <laughs> they call you, they call you uh, Grams, you, you old. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one, uh, this might be an easy answer. Uh, um, what, what do you do on, on like a daily or weekly basis to stay physically fit? I mean, are you doing like a workout or how much time do you devote to it typically? Okay. So me being a trainer, I'm always in the gym. Um, like my days, I work out all day. I mean, literally now for my personal uh, training, uh, one of my uh, team members, we pretty much do the same regimen. So I, I, I live a pretty, you know, pretty consistent training uh, four days out the week. I, I don't do a lot of cardio like I used to because I'm trying to hold on to some muscles. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's my training regimen isn't that easy, I should say. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then on the kind of mental or faith side of things, do you have like a spiritual motto or something that, that you live by in your life now? Mm, this is what I do do. On Sundays when I'm in town, uh, I do a um, Sunday sunrise service workout on my Facebook uh, page. And what I do with that is I uh, take something from the Bible and I try to relate it to fitness. Just recently I used the um, sheep when David, um, when one sheep went astray, David uh, went walking to get the sheep and the other sheep were like, why are we, I mean, I don't know the story about her, but I guess like, why are, you, why are we going to get him? We're in jeopardy. And I guess he was like, hey, everybody matters. So we got, as a unit, we got to go get that one sheep. So my thing is when fitness, people who are fit, we are the sheep. And we all know a person who might need fitness or just to be a healthier person. But a lot of times we let that sheep go astray. It's up to the flock to help pull that sheep back in. So, yeah. And I try to bring it fitness to the, with the word. We, um, I have gospel playing in, in the background. And I go through a, a workout real short, something like five minutes, something they can wake up to. Nothing, nothing too hard like you did today. Nothing like that. Just basically stretches and static stretches and um Stuff like that, just a week. I've been doing that consistently for several months now. Nice. I thought you were going to say that you had a workout where you're going to have to run after sheep. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that maybe that's in the future. That's, that's yeah. A, it's a like a live service. You know, no, maybe not. Maybe a chicken. Sheep are pretty slow. <laughs> that's right. And the last of the fast four is uh, what is something unique about uh, Terrence Flowers or, or Coach T Flow? What's something unique about you? Um, I see. I tell you something cool. Um, I like I like night photography. Okay. Um, this is still photography or video? Still, still okay. photography. I like um, going out by myself, just me and my gear, finding cool shots, and um, just just really uh, risk-taking. I guess I've always been uh, – uh, I like thrills. And since I've changed my ways, certain ways that I used to get thrills, no more I can't do that anymore. So, But I still like the rush. So what I do sometimes – I haven't done it in a while, but – I go out two, three in the morning. Some of the rough neighborhoods in Columbus, with two, three thousand dollars worth of gear in a book bag, and like you know, but you got to know how to move, and it's just a thrill. You got to yeah. know how to move. I've taken some great shots. I'll send you a couple of them. You'll see them. You'll be like, wow. Like, okay. All they're, right. They're dope. So this is something that I just do for myself. You don't walk up on people two, yeah. three in the morning and yeah. talk. There's nothing to talk about. You're a stranger. I'm a stranger. You keep your way. I'm, I'm, I'm my way. But I was actually in, in the um, act of lighting. And that's just a whole other story how you light something at night and they saw me popping the flash. They're like, what they, wonder what I was doing, but I'm like, don't worry about what I'm doing. Maybe it looked like I was doing something illegal, but 
they looked like they was could be doing something illegal yeah. too. And I was minding my own business. So, but yeah. besides that, man, it's just something I like to do. Yeah, and and speaking, you know, of of kind of how you used to get like a rush or the illegal stuff. Unfortunately, you know, t- let's let's go back to the like rewind mm-hmm. a little bit back to the this was the mid 1990s, I think, mm-hmm. where kind of things started kind of going downhill for you. Tell me tell me uh, kind of a uh, give me a, a version of of um, what happened, how you ended up in jail several times, Yes, right? um the first time I ended up in jail, uh it was an ongoing thing with uh, me and some guys. Uh well, we would just we would just get we just got into it and I went um, into their, with the, their neck of the woods, basically. And while they're in the neck of the woods, we got into it again, got into an altercation with them again. This time, um, we was armed uh, because we had gotten to an altercation with them before, and they was armed. So we was armed, and after the fight, we just got into a shootout, basically. You know, used to sugarcoat nigga. And um, some people got hit, and unfortunately, somebody got killed. And I was captured. I was on the run for a couple of months, and I was captured, and... Um, me and a couple of other individuals arrested and charged with murder and aggravated assault. So, uh, so what happened next? I mean, after that, um, I mean, were, were you? I mean, I, I guess I think you uh, you had told me previously that you guys had pleaded out, but you obviously ended up yes, serving yes, service yes, time. Yes. Um, so, um, one of my friends he pleaded out to uh, a mass slaughter. I pleaded out to aggravated assault, and um, really, I, the other guy he he, he kind of really walked because. We took responsibility, you know, the guy, so um, we were kind of um, freed him. But it really messed up. It, it really changed the, the course of my life. I was, at the time, after a brief stint in the Navy, um, I came back to Columbia, Georgia. I wanted to be a physical therapist. So um, even in school, when I, I wanted to be a physical therapist. So when I came back to Columbus, I got my CNA um, degree certification, and they got me a job. I still was kind of focused, but when I came back home, just being around the wrong people in the wrong places. And um, now that I look at it, in retrospect, how I was moving, trying to balance both of the lifestyles, it was bound to happen in one way or the other because it was going to clash. You can't straddle the fence trying to be in the streets. doing. I really, really wasn't doing nothing illegal, just living the street life, just being out late, just doing stuff that young people do. Yeah, and I know you're an entrepreneur now, obviously, involved in positive stuff, but yes. back back then, you know, when you got out of jail, I think you talked to me about how you were an entrepreneur in, in, in other ways, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that because, I mean, I guess, you know, when when people go to prison and they get out, you know, you hear the stories about oftentimes people end up going back or, yeah, or, so, or maybe um, not true rehab, you know? Well, I think when I got out of, when I got out of prison... Um, I, I can say that I tried, you know, uh, the allure, and that's why I think a lot of people don't realize now it's the allure for a lot of these kids out there. They'll see somebody older or driving a car or dressing a certain way or even grabbing the attention of other girls. All that stuff is, is still relevant. And when you get out, and you see your friends on another level, and you like busting your butt at a job. It doesn't make sense to you because and they're living this kind of glamorized, easy life, sort of very easy. And it's like you coming home to this. Like you come home, you dusty, stinky guy. Well, I was working at the foundry. Shout out to the foundry. I'm not putting nothing against them. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you to the Columbus Foundry for giving the opportunity to a lot of um, ex felons. Uh, thank you for that. But at the time. With me and just how I was rolling, 
it just after a while like, I can't do this no more. So, um, you know, I I started selling drugs. It was easy. You know, I knew everybody. I just had, I had the connections, the plugs to do it. And I also started. Uh, that's when I began recording music, and also was a, a, a party promoter. So the the lifestyle and the culture on that it kind of fit. So you know, the people that was coming to the parties was the people you know they're paying me to get into the party. Then they, you know my stuff was out. You know I wasn't handing in the handing, but it was out. So the stuff they were smoking or whatever, it was my product. So it became lucrative. So uh, and this was um, you arrested in 2010. Um, and I guess thrown back in jail for that at that time. Is that right? Yes, this was, um, well, I got, you know, um, and I guess I always do this when I do interviews because I think it's, it's important for the culture, to me to rep the culture. It's called No Fumbles in Summers. So I, I did about, about, about eight or nine summers, No Fumbles, but I, when I did fumble, I mean, going to jail, um, it was, to me, petty. I was a, it, was, it was marijuana possession. It wasn't even a lot, but from what I have done in my, my run-ins and, you know, when, they, when they're when they on you and they know you and they finally get you, they, they hit you with the book. So I felt I got I got hit kind of hard with a 10-year sentence for uh, less than a half a pound of marijuana. But I, I did get caught with a lot of money, too, so I think that played a big part in it, too. So Yeah. So how long has it been since you've been out of prison that, that second time? Um, I got out. Uh, I didn't. I got a ten year sentence. I got out on parole, and um, I've been I've been squeaky clean ever since. Uh, the the biggest factor, besides breaking my mom's heart, um, was my kids. That played the major. It was like I couldn't risk um, being apart from them for the streets because one thing about it, the streets. You know, you, you have fun, and you live a life where. They owe you nothing, and they take everything from you. And I know this, and I've seen people in that revolving door, and I'm smart enough to know, hey, you had your run, you had your fun, life is about them now. You got to make sure they straight. You make sure that they don't take, I ain't going to say take the, um, because I didn't have a hard life. Just they don't make the mistakes that I made, take, go down the wrong road that I made for the wrong reasons. Like I said, I was trying to straddle, do good, and do bad in the beginning. And once I crossed over to the dark side, I was like Darth Vader. But Darth Vader changed in the end, though. You sure did. Yeah, see? Everybody <laughs> deserves a second and third yeah. chance. And speaking of your kids, I think I saw a video you posted uh, earlier in the last um, week, few weeks or months of your son earning some stripes, I guess. Because um, uh, earning, uh, I guess, um, in terms of... Yes, uh, my son, my Andreas. 4.0 fitness. He, he, yeah, he earned he, his stripes. He, he got went to the next level. Yeah, so so, so the elite, <laughs> for the elite 4.0 fitter is, like, usually a workout is going to be cardio-based or strength-based. If you're doing both, you're an, you're an elite fitter. So so I've been having him to do his cardio, which is like I've been you know he's he's a big kid, he's like six four. So he's been doing like uh, 30, 45 minutes of cardio, then he come bang with the weight. So I'm so proud of him. And he's him he his um his mom his stepdad has grabs his fitness and like hey we gotta do something about it. He's, he's 19, so before it gets out of hand, we all come together as a family to, to um 
to make it right. Good. Well, fitness is a, a family <laughs> affair. And, yes. and one, one last question about kind of how you kind of came out of, of, of this criminal past. Mm-hmm. What, what was, was, um, was faith or even fitness? Was that, was that a part of that journey or your rehabilitation in terms of like your change in your mindset? And now that you're, like you said, staying squeaky clean is, is, uh, I mean, that's, it's after living that life for, you know, <laughs> decades, you know? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I had a federal uh, drug, federal drug case that I won, that I beat, and um, I, that was a close brush with with spending the rest of my life in prison. I was facing mm. forty years, and um, not just getting too deep into the case, um, but it was some false things that law enforcement were saying about me, and it just it kind of make you say the chips are against you. You might as well go all out, and that's the attitude I had after I beat the case. Um, I just went for it. And uh, my main thing was just trying to run up a mill, trying to get a million, a million in the streets. That's so like a, you know, you get that million. And I, yeah. ain't, I got close, but I ain't reach it. But yeah, um, everything I did get got took from me. I say everything, everything, every last dime. I'm telling you, I was in debt. I mean, when I got out, it was just so hard. And at first, I was like, know what you got to do. But then I like. I don't remember the, the guy's name, but it was um uh, in in the in the in the first st- the first step program in prison. It was a um, counselor. He was an Indian guy, and he was he was like he had pulled me to the side one day. He was like I, I always ask questions. He said, "Look, it's seen you to do good." He said, "The days that get rough, just just think about a bad time in here." He said, "It's gonna get rough," and the times I felt like that. I had to go back. You know, you hated it here. You hated it here. You just don't think about it when you're in the streets. But that was that 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 right there kind of kept me kept me going in the right direction. You know, just that my mom, who's she's um always been there, win, lose, or draw. She's been in my corner and just want to make her proud. So that was when I got out of 2010. So got to think between 2010 and 2012, my fitness journey. That was that wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. So. All that stuff was accumulating at the same time. So once I started to step out on um, well, my fitness journey, everything began to get in place, line up. Like I said, I still was broke, didn't have no money, but the the the, the desire and just, just, just wanting to just do the right thing, it just overtook me. And it's been a great journey. Yeah, and look how far you've come, you know. Um you know, nine or ten years out of getting out of prison, opening up your own gym, uh, uh, 4.0 uh, Fitness, and uh, and you and I were talking earlier when we were at the gym working out while I was sweating and you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. Um, and so, and you were talking to me about what 4.0 Fit means. You got the shirt yes. on, and you're talking about the four pillars. Tell me about that, because because fitness, you know, it's intimidating for uh-huh. for somebody. People are like, oh, I got to go to the gym or. Or I'm too tired. I don't have time. Or I just I've, I'm too big. You know, there's all these excuses people have. So for you, what are the what are the pillars? What what can get people, you know, where you're quote unquote fit? I've made mis- I've made enough mistakes for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so the four pillars were really based off my failures mm. um, and me figuring out what to do to make them successes. Um, the main thing is getting started. The, the, I'll say the four pillars, and I'll explain them briefly. The four pillars are introduction, training, reevaluation, and maintenance. Okay. Those things, in, in that order, have to have to uh, be applied for it to be successful. Introduction. 
the biggest mistakes that I feel that the average person makes is they go off adrenaline. They pumped up about working out. They want to do it. Instead of a plan, they go off adrenaline and they go hard. And then the next day, their body oh, is so sore and it hurts. And people stop and they quit because that pain they're not used to it. So you mm-hmm. have to have structure. You have to have a plan. So introduction is very, very important. With 4.0 Fit, um, we do a basically a half um, cock version of the workout. So if somebody's doing four sets, the, the new person to do two from the introduction. That's just to ease them into fitness and not put too much shock on their body. Next is the actual training. The training is based off the um, the plan. I say everything's got to be a plan, got to be an order. So if your plan is to gain weight, we're going to put together a plan for you to, to put on some calories so you can gain some weight. If, it's, if you're planning to lose weight, we're going to have a plan and a time limit based on that, which brings me to the next one, reevaluation. When that time is up, we're going to reevaluate you. We do body fat metering. We do uh, BM, uh, BMI metering. We do weight metering. I do something called gold metering. What gold metering is, you got clothes on. You got a, a pair of pants on. They're a size too big. I'm sorry, or too small, depending. Most of the time, it's going to be too small. Every two weeks, we're going to try those pair of pants on. No matter what that scale says, if you're doing the right thing, the pants are supposed to get looser. So you better put them on, button them up. So I do a whole bunch of little things just, just to t- test and different theories. And the last thing is real value, uh, maintenance. You didn't got your goal weight, you like like, we, like when you, how you look. We didn't did it. So now you have to maintain. So people who want to maintain, they don't come see me every day. They might come see me twice twice a month. But we, we do the weigh-ins, we do the check-ins, and we talk about diet, talk about what you're doing. If I see a, a, a weight creep, I say, hey, you, you didn't gain 10 pounds in the last couple of months, you know, what are you doing? So it's just accountability at the end of the day. So those are the four pillars. If you, if you, even if you don't work out with me, if you hire another trainer, or you work out yourself, if you use those four pillars, you'll be on your way to a better you. Absolutely. And, and do you, um, do you think that, you know, I, you talked to me about, and it obviously told the stories about overcoming roadblocks and uh, really, you know, obstacles in your life. Uh, what about for folks that deal with those, like you said, those obstacles, roadblocks and fitness? Because whether you are like really fit and, and trying to get like elite like you or whether you're like, you know, new and maybe someone's like 300, 400 pounds, uh, you know, how do you deal with, you know, is it more of a mental thing or is it like pushing through physically or maybe both? It's both. But okay. it, it definitely starts mentally. What you have to do, how, how I overcame it, and I, I mentioned it earlier, when I lost my first 100 pounds, I was content with that. Instead of me trying to uh, You were patting from, yourself on the back a little yes. bit. Yeah. Instead of trying to go from 325 to elite, which would have been a, that journey right there, would have been seen like, oh, I can't do that. But doing things in increments, doing things in, in levels. So if you know that you're uh, ob- 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 morbid obese or something, don't. Don't be psyched into thinking that in six months you're going you're gonna to have an Arnold Schwarzenegger body. That's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. So make small, short goals. Uh, I tip um, my 4.0 fitters all the time. If I see somebody lose 2% body fat or something like that, that's, to me, that's, that's a big deal. So we have to, we have to celebrate our, our, our small victories and our gains and not try to shoot so far. So I, that's the main thing that people discourage themselves with, I feel like. Yeah, I know that you're obviously a self-taught videographer, photographer as well. Yes. And uh, I see, you know, uh, you're very active on social media. You were taking videos of me out there working hard today in the gym. So um, what, how important is that in terms of like maybe uh, as an um, education tool, as a um, uh, motivation tool to do those videos Maybe to show just anybody, the public, or to show that person, I guess, you know, hey, this is how you look. This is how far you've come. Those, uh, those, can those be really effective videos for that? For, 
where you hit it dead on the nose, you couldn't hit it square. When it comes to documentation, that's the single most important thing you can do. I cannot tell you how proud I am or happy I am, I should say, that I took videos of myself eight, nine years ago, um, five, six years ago, because I have the level of comparison now. Um, even when you was doing the video today, I can show you how your form corrected. So education, and I mean, just documentation, having it, uh, uh, communication um, through videos. So that's very important when it comes to fitness and my past, not saying that I'm uh I'm unique, but I am to the point where I was self-taught doing um, what we're doing now, which is commentating and also filming. So I had CGY Sports back in 2012, and I used to actually film and commentate my videos. And a uh, short story on that, I had an um, email from a guy, a soldier, and uh, he was asking me, uh, could he send me some money? I was like, um, do you want a DVD? He was like, well, I watched the games on YouTube on Deployed. And I get to watch my boy. He said, I have no other way to watch it. And somebody like, it's this guy named CGY Sports. He was a colonel, too. Um, he was this guy in CGY Sports. He films a game. And um, his boy played for the uh, Fort Bend. And they, they lost. But it was it was in the playoffs. So it was like three or four games I actually recorded. Because I used them. I, I'm an East Way Cherokee. But I was recording um, the, the, the playoffs and the finals. So he got to see all his games. Oh. And, he was just so happy. And as a father whose sons played football, I know that feeling. You want I just recently, two weeks ago, saw my boy play for the first time in two years since they moved to Texas. And I was out there like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I know how that father felt. And I told him, I said, man, you know, I don't know you. You don't know me. Thanks for your service. I said, you don't owe me nothing. Uh, I'm glad I could be a service to you and um, provide you with videos for you to see your son. And I just left it at that. So. And you were talking about, you know, your, your son, your family, and, and kind of, you know, um, I'm sure wanting to be a person that they can look up to, a person that maybe your friends or uh, people that you used to be friends with, you know, from the streets, maybe they see you differently now and, and see how you, far you've come. Um, and one of those, you know, kind of um, uh, changes, transformations for you is you got to vote for the first time. Yes. And because um, I know as a convicted felon, that creates challenges for being able to vote. So tell me about that process because – um, we have this election coming up. It's a big one in, in, in the next few days. Um, you know, what did that mean to you to go out there and be able to to kind of do your civic duty? It meant everything. So like I said, uh, my transformation uh, on, on where I'm at right now began uh, after I got out of the jail the last time, which was in uh, 2010. And once I got um, my first camera, uh, Canon 7D hybrid, and I just went crazy with just wanting to film and document stuff. And I always wanted to to, to, to vote. Just one of those things I never got, you know, like, it doesn't matter, you know. But when I got on my journey, I started documenting things. And one of my things that I would do, uh, we'd go to the uh, voting stations. And when the people came out with stickers, I'd take pictures of them. And I would let them know this is my name. Uh, I just wanted to just take a picture of you because I'm, I'm glad you voted. Something I can't do. And I would let them know I post a picture. And I got to start doing that. And people were like, hey, you going to take pictures this year? So they got used to me doing that. And then that went to me actually doing video. And this last um, election cycle, I was a, <laughs> I felt like I was a correspondent for Fox or something. <laughs> because um, I'm at, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, so you get competition. But I was out there in the field running, gunning. Hey, come here, I'm get an interview. I mean, just directing, producing. I got some real good content of some of the things that were happening in Columbus. Sure. But I'm real hands-on with my, with, with my um, 
my media, my camera work, um, probably more than fitness, believe it or not. Yeah, and the other race is the name yes. of that film. You put that out there. It's got more than a million views, and you've entered in some competitions. And, and now, like you said, getting to finally vote yourself. So was that process, but so you had to wait? Like the Okay, the, the actual the, process. The, okay, the, the, so. the clock was like, you know, you had to wait for like a certain amount of time Okay, period. so in Georgia, um, and it's one of those things, and, and Jason – I I, can, I wouldn't get off the end if I can kind of show you, man. I I've been engaged, man. I be I, I like I do this for real. Sure. Um, and the right to vote. I remember when the law changed, but the thing is, when laws like that change, they don't they don't celebrate it. When they did that, because it w- was a process that you had to go through. But now, once you got off of parole or probation, you didn't own any restitution. Your rights to vote automatically rolled over. And with me being a, a content creator and filming these events and hearing these attorneys say it. I'm like, oh, okay, so I got a couple more years, but I didn't. Believe, I was kind of skeptical about it, but then when I got my time and my time was over and I started doing the research and I reached out to people, they were like, yeah, Terrence, you can vote. I was like, okay, they was telling the truth. But my thing is, so many people have asked me, how did you do it? You know, how did you do it? And these are ex-cons. I'm telling them, you can do it too, but they didn't know because they don't put the information out there. Yeah. But when I went up there, I had butterflies. I actually went home, got myself together. I said, you know, if I'm going to the club, I'm gonna take me a shower, get clean. So I did the same thing for that. You know, I had on something comfortable. I went home and got groomed myself because it was something important to me. I had my um, middle son, same son, my Dravis with me. I said, I want you to come with me, see see me do this. And uh, me and him went there. When I got there, I was just, you know fidgeting and I filled out the paperwork. Um, I went in there. They filled out another card that took about. Five minutes, and then when I got in front of the actual ballot and started to sound like, I'm really doing this, I'm really doing this. And what I did do, I made sure that I read everything at least twice, so I understood and saw, make sure I didn't make no mistakes. And I remember my ballot number, it was 1254, y'all, y'all played it on the cash floor. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> man, I just, after I finally, you know, pushed the com- button on the computer and I got my printout and put it in the ballot box, I was like... I just started reflecting on this whole journey from when I wanted to do this to I really knew I wanted to do this till now, which was 10 years ago. And I was like, it's been a remarkable journey. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely. It's been it, remarkable. It, I did it. It definitely has been. Congratulations <laughs> thanks, on, brother. On, on, on voting. And, and, yeah, uh, and it's the first time, man. It, yeah. it felt good. It, it, like I said, get goosebumps now. I mean, I can't, I can't explain how. And I know my vote mattered. Yeah. You know, especially locally. Especially Absolutely. locally. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. It means a lot to me. Yeah, well, thanks, uh, Coach T-Flow. Appreciate you stopping by and for the workout this yeah. morning. I'm sure I'm going to be feeling it tomorrow. I hope so. My glutes and shoulders, that kind of thing. And hopefully <laughs> uh, you and I can go for a run sometime as you yeah. progress towards that future uh, marathon, right? Yeah, when I get 50, man, I want to um, push myself to, to some more to limits. The only thing I might not do is swim. I'm not a big swimmer, but I, I want my body – I definitely can't run. I don't want. I know I can't run a marathon at this right at two hundred. So when I do, when I'm ready for the marathon, my body will transform again. I'm gonna cut back on the weights, lean out a little bit, try to get closer to like the one seventy, so I can be a little lighter on my feet and lighter on these knees. And <laughs> I'm gonna make it do it, man. You know, fitness is my lifestyle. You know, until the day I die, I'm gonna I'm live a fit lifestyle. Um, they say never say never, but I'm never looking back because that wasn't me. I let my, myself go down mentally and physically, and through the grace of God, I was able to climb out that cave, and it's like the phoenix, I rise again. Amen, amen. All right, well, thanks very much, Coach. Appreciate <laughs> okay, it. Okay, thanks. It was great getting to know uh, Terrence or Coach T-Flow, and uh, 
Uh, he uh, he didn't take it uh, too easy or too hard on me at his gym uh, using his whistle, uh, getting me to do uh, all the different exercises in an hour-long workout. In fact, he posted video of that, so if you'd like to go to uh, to his Facebook page or, or uh, any other social media and see uh, see me hard at work at the gym, uh, make sure to do that. I'll try to post that on my Jason Dennis WTVM as well, uh, and not not too embarrassing, but I did sweat uh, quite a bit. Turning now to our final segment of this podcast, including food for thought, some uh, issues when it comes to faith and fitness, how they relate to crime. We start with the uh, the religion side of things. This is an article from the Houston Chronicle uh, for Food for Thought. It's called The Factor of Faith and Crime Reduction. So, uh, you know, some people are curious about how you know, churches, uh, faith-based organizations, how they're confronting uh, social problems, especially in this uh, political season. And, uh, you know, we've got issues like crime and delinquency uh, that are that are ever-present in our society. And, uh, you know, what's the relationship between religion and crime? And uh, how can, uh, you know, churches, pastors, churchgoers uh, help uh, the lawmakers, the decision-makers, uh, have a more effective criminal justice system. There's been a lot of uh, research on this as well. Uh, faith-based approaches to mentoring at-risk youth and uh, restorative justice, drug treatment, uh, and, and uh, spiritual transformation of prisoners, that, that's already kind of around in a lot of communities. Uh, how effective it is, that's another question. Uh, the understanding of how religion might prevent crime, that's something that we're digging a little deeper into. One, one study uh, that shed some light on it about the religion-crime relationship uh, was by an actual, not a criminologist, but an economist, Richard Freeman at Harvard University. He focused on housing projects in impoverished communities in Boston, Chicago, and Philadelphia. Now, his conclusions were active participation in a church plays a critical protective role and helps young people to be resilient to the negative influences of living in uh, economically uh, poor environments. And so uh, this Houston Chronicle author also looked at um, almost 275 studies on the correlation between religion and crime published between 1944 and 2010, finding that 90% of those studies found that increasing religiosity, if I can say that, or religion, uh, is associated with decreases in various measures of crime and delinquency. And uh, they say that religion, uh, according to this article in the Houston Chronicle, insulates youth from harmful outcomes like suicide or crime, makes them more resilient in their community, even if they're disadvantaged. And uh, most faith-based interventions tend to be volunteer-driven and really not that expensive either. So, um, you know, more of that would definitely be better. On the uh, physical or fitness side of things, there's an article from UK Active called The Impact of Physical Activity on Crime and Antisocial Behavior. This is an article from Britain in 2018. Uh, he says in it that uh, physical activity can help uh, prevent vulnerable children and young adults from entering the criminal justice system. And, and sometimes that's kind of overlooked, how fitness can relate to this. So he says, how, how does physical activity play a role? Well, and officially, the Department for Culture, Media, and Sport found that underachieving young people, if they're participating in extracurricular activities linked to sport, that could increase their, um, their basic problem-solving skills or math skills by an average of 29% compares to those who are not in sport. So there needs to be more effective programs that encourage the participation in, in physical activities, 
Uh, and also, you know, that's been shown to uh, dampen antisocial behavior. Uh, there's a uh, something in the Premier League um, in England called Kicks, which aims to reduce crime and antisocial behavior in, in really particularly hot spots for crime. Kicks has seen a reduction of up to 60% in this antisocial behavior where they have a program. So uh, so it's effective. So uh, faith and fitness can have an impact on crime, um, using those to your advantage, uh, whether uh, you have come from a crime or know somebody who does. And, and I think everybody deserves a second chance. Coach T. Flo definitely using his wisely, uh, putting the word out there about being fit 4.0 from start to finish and uh, continuing on being resilient. Uh, so, so important uh, to do that in life, especially during this time. And we're going to end in prayer now. Dear God, uh, thank you for this time together. We pray for our nation as we come upon this election. Uh, Lord God, that you will uh, bring less division, no matter the outcomes in, in uh, state and local and national races for president or anything else. And uh, Lord Jesus, just uh, help us to um, to look past and not judge a book by its cover uh, when it comes to criminals, when it comes to people that look different than us, that act different than us. And Lord God, just help us to see like you do, Jesus. And uh, Lord God, just uh, to look at their heart. And uh, Lord God, just be kind to people. And uh, that we need to do more of that uh, as we continue to, to look to you for guidance, wisdom, and strength. You have me pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, the Run the Race podcast. We appreciate your support for subscribing to this podcast. Tell your friends. Use hashtag Run the Race podcast. Go to WTVM.com slash podcast. That's WTVM.com slash podcast to listen to any of the previous 43 episodes. We're going strong here almost a year now. So uh, still here. Jason Dennis uh, still uh, giving you uh, hopefully some entertainment and some education and inspiration. Uh, motivation as well. So uh, all those things wrapped up into uh, one podcast. Have a great week, everybody.